Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, it is another edition of Phillies Today, a bummer edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, September the 6th is on the day the Philadelphia Eagles begin their Super Bowl reign playing their first game. The Phillies, unfortunately, a disappointing lead-in to this team tonight as the Phillies lose it last night 2-1 to one of the Marlins. Just a freaking bummer, man. Uh, it's, it was such a frustrating game to watch. It's such a, again, I mean, we've talked. I said they needed to win two of this three. Uh, look, they haven't won a series since the end of July. I don't know how you could do anything but be incredibly bummed out with this team right now and how you could have any sort of real confidence that they're going to turn it around. The, the, here's the best argument I can make. Baseball's weird and weird stuff happens, and that's true. But, man, this Phillies team going into Miami and just uh, obviously lose the first game of the series, bounce back, and, and win handily. The second game, and then to just lay an egg like that. And granted, Sandy Alcantara is legit. He is one of the Marlins' best prospects. He looked every bit of it. I mean, 95 with the sink. He's nasty. Um, But this Phillies team, again, in just a big spot with now 23 games left to go where every game matters so much. And this game even more so when they knew that the Boston Red Sox had ripped Atlanta's heart out earlier in the day with a uh, the uh, Braves were down. The Braves were up seven to three. The Red Sox tied it in the eighth. Then the Braves took the lead again in the bottom of the eighth on a Freddie Freeman home run. And then the Red Sox on a Brandon Phillips two run bomb took the lead and won the game in the ninth, just totally tearing Atlanta's hearts out. And this Phillies team with the opportunity to go out there last night. And gain a game on the Atlanta Braves, unable to do it. Seventy-three and sixty-six on the season now. Now three back from Atlanta. They had the chance to be two back. Look, you can't give up games like this anymore. Unless they want to have to beat Atlanta in every single game left this season when they face them, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna have to win some other games, some games that uh, matter against bad teams. Like what the hell? How can you not beat the Marlins to a three? And this game in and of itself, just an incredible disappointment. Nick Pavetta pitches solid enough, uh, you know, not great. Uh, got pulled early, which was kind of interesting. Uh, I, we don't know if there was an injury there or if uh, Kapler just made the move, obviously, for a strategic decision. But four innings pitch, only 69 pitches. Two earned runs, three hits, two walks, four strikeouts. Look, he wasn't looking great and was in a bit of trouble at the time, but um, I think he could have toughed it out a little longer. Tommy Hunter comes in and is marvelous for two innings yet again. Tommy Hunter, second half Tommy Hunter. And then Sir Anthony Dominguez comes in and has two strong innings as well. That's not enough, as you would hope that two innings enough to uh, two runs enough to get you a W, but not with this Phillies offense and the the big news heading into the game Carlos Santana not only leading off which we've seen and for what it's worth I, I don't really have a problem with he gets on base that's my number one quality 
an elite outfitter that I want. Obviously, you know, the speed thing I think can be somewhat overrated, but also playing third base, which was a little Gabe Kapler getting weird. And and for what it's worth, Santana acquitted himself pretty well, made a really nice play, almost turning a double play early in the game. So not a bad experiment as Justin Bohr back from the DL playing first base. But look, it was just a frustrating game to watch offensively. It felt like, and again, I just mentioned how I don't really care about speed at the top of the lineup, but this felt like against Alcantara, who has that heavy, heavy sinker ball type stuff, uh, we saw a lot of ground outs to the right side of the infield from these slow left-handed hitters uh, at the top of the lineup. It was like Santana, Bohr, uh, and then Cabrera, it was like if one of them didn't, uh, if one of them got on base even, it felt like they were just out in a double play after that because these guys are so freaking slow. So that was a little frustrating. Cabrera does end up actually in being involved in the only run they score later as he gets the single. Um, as uh, he, Oh, no, he does not get uh, involved in the run. Excuse me, Joey Bats involved with the run as uh, Joey Bats comes in. Uh, uh, Cabrera knocks the run in, excuse me, is what I was saying. So Joey Bats comes in to pinch hit, ends up hitting a double in the eighth. Cabrera able to single him in and then gets pinch run for by Scott Kinger ultimately. That run doesn't come around, and then again, the Phillies unable to get it done in the ninth. They threaten, they get two runners on base, and then Drew Steckenrider able to mow his way out of it, ends up striking out Roman Quinn on some high heat to end the game. And yet again, I mean, look, just a just a really disappointing loss. A disheartening loss, I think is a good word for it, that this Phillies team just probably isn't ready for this. You know, they're not quite there. And again, they're not out of it. They're three back with 23 left to play, and they have seven games left against the team they're behind. They're definitively not out of this. But um, look, they're 5-12 and 12 in their last 17 games. They haven't been playing good baseball. They haven't seemed to be ready for the uh, stretch run here. And whether it's because they're worn out, whether it's because the lights are slightly too bright or whatever. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, look, it's just a young team. It's a young manager. It's all that stuff. And um, they have not won a series since the end of July. So I just think that at this point, while, again, they are still in, and I don't want to say it's impossible or anything like that, but... Just because, again, as I keep referencing, and I don't think that's any good reason to think that this will or anything like this will happen this year. But the fact that we did see a Phillies team come back from seven games back with 17 to play just makes it hard to say nothing can happen or oh, it's over, especially when it's three with 23 left. I mean, especially with the amount of games they have left against Atlanta, there's no you can't say it's over, but it's not looking good. Things are bleak at the moment, just in terms of a team that can't seem to beat the teams they have to beat. And that's ultimately what it comes down to, right? And, you know, they're running out of time to go on a bit of a run here. They're running out of series against terrible teams like the Marlins to take advantage of. And that's, again, it's disheartening. It was was a really disheartening loss. And Reese Hoskins looks absolutely lost at the plate he looks lost or he certainly did last night and in most of this Marlins series just really just not there offensively right now 
And that's an issue because Odubel has barely been in the lineup and he's not going to get out of his funk there. And there's really only two guys who are currently, and Wilson Ramos, three guys, but Ramos has been injured and hasn't been 100% here and there. So there are only really three guys in this offense you feel can carry an offense at times. And that's Reese Hoskins and Odubel Herrera and Wilson Ramos. And you're not really getting it from two of them for sure. And maybe Ramos, when he's in the lineup, can help a bit. But um, it's just an offense that struggles to get going. And without that catalyst, without that guy who um, continues to produce on a consistent basis, it'll continue to be a struggle. And we've seen that. And who knows? That's why you say maybe... Reese gets hot. Odubel gets some playing time. He gets hot. Whoever, whatever. I mean, there are there are scenarios you can paint where this Phillies team can be a uh, can still make a, a a run here in September. Like the season again is not over, but um, you have to paint them. That's the point. It has to be Odubel coming back and and getting a little hot and getting to play and having a 10-game stretch that helps you win seven or eight of them, or uh, or Reese Hoskins getting back to the guy he was right after the All-Star break when he was on a tear and had seven homers in 10 days, that type of stuff. Um, and, and again, that, it, that can happen, but it, it certainly hasn't in a little while, and that's why you struggle to believe that this team is going to be able to ultimately turn a switch on right now and... Take it. Look, they can't even beat the Marlins. How are they going to beat the Braves and the the Rockies at the you know end of the end of the month here? They they face the Mets again. The Mets have been the bane of their existence. The Nationals keep beating them. So again, that at this point, the way they've played in their last month and a half of baseball, it's hard to feel anything but negativity towards their chances. It's hard to believe that they've hung around the way they have. The fact that they're sitting here still with a numerical and, and, and really feasible chance to make the playoffs is a testament to, to all the work they did earlier in the season and how resilient they've been, how, how good a bunch of you know how, how good a bunch of the season they played. It's just now when it's mattered most, and that's what's been most frustrating, they they're not coming through, and it's it's clear. <laughs> There's no argument against it. It's just been a, uh, a frustrating stretch of baseball. And last night, just another example of a team that has not been able to seize the moment, has not been able to recognize the, uh, the opportunity in front of them and grab onto it and run with it. And again as i said yesterday as i'll say many times from now until uh the end of the season and after that's okay they are a young team that are learning even getting these opportunities the reps the opportunity to fail in these spots in meaningful games with things on the line will end up being a long-term positive for this team and for the young players on it and coming up, I want to talk about a few of those guys and see who's going to be here, who's not, all that type of stuff. But um, I think that if nothing else, this season has been an incredible positive. It's been a step for, forward for an organization that, again, I didn't think didn't expect to take the step forward this year. And I think it's kind of gotten people thinking about the Phillies again and talking about the Phillies again. And again, obviously, look, if one of those things happens where Reese and Odubel or whatever just get crazy hot over the last 
20 plus games, then who knows? And maybe it's even cooler, but I think no matter what happens, at least people care again. And the Phillies are back in the collective consciousness. And I think that, um, again, as I've said before, and, and I, I think that this season is already a success and should be considered a success considered its starting point and the, where this team was coming from and how quickly they've gotten to where they are and what they've done to get there and all that. But, um, I think that when you look at, uh, when you look at where this uh, team is this season, it's just, um, I think it's great to see that people have been so upset and people have been so critical of Kapler and all that stuff because at least it shows that people are interested in the team again. I mean, that was better than a 60 plus win Pete McCann and coach team that no one cared about. Right. I mean, at least there's the passion is back and the, uh, the intensity and the people wanting them to win every night and watching them play every night. Um, maybe not down at the ballpark as much as we'd like, but still a lot of people watching and, and talking about it. And, uh, and that's really fun to see again. And it's unfortunate the Phillies aren't going to be able to, it seems like close out a magical run and with a, uh, a playoff push, but no matter what happens, it's really been a, um, an outstanding, awesome, fun, terrific run. And, uh, it's nice to see that, uh, that baseball's relevant again in Philadelphia. It's been a while since we've had a relevant team. And, and again, as we've talked about, the future is nothing but bright. We'll talk more about that coming up. I want to dive into, um, into next season a little bit. And, you know, we've talked a lot about it, but, uh, some reasons to kind of look at, at, uh, who's on the field and who could be on the field and all that. Um, all that more, and then uh, look at an off day today, much needed for this Phillies team. Look, mental off day, pull it together, and then figure out a way to go meet the Mets and beat the Nationals and beat the Marlins and beat the Mets and compete against the Rays and the Rockies because this is it, boys. This is it, the end of the road, the end of the road, the end of the season on the rise and all that stuff. So put up or shut up time. So coming up, uh, we will look at this team heading into uh, this off season. And uh, and a whole lot more. It's Phillies today. It's James Seltzer. We're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer off day for the Phillies today after a again rough, rough, disheartening, disappointing loss yesterday in Miami as they lose the series to the Marlins. They've not won a series since July twenty sixth. Yikes! But I wanted to quickly. Take a look at uh, at the diamond, around the diamonds. We've seen a lot of guys in and out lately. And I want to kind of just look at where p- some people stand heading into the offseason and the next season. And also some rumors out there about some potential moves that could happen as well. But uh, Carlos Santana, I think, has hopefully endeared himself a little bit more to people as of late with his play. I don't think – I've heard a lot of people suggest that the Phillies are going to just – move on from Santana and uh, and put Reese back at first. And, look, I know Reese has not been a good defensive left fielder. We can all see that. And I don't think he's a defensive left fielder long-term. I don't see them getting rid of Carlos Santana either, unless they find someone who's willing to trade for him off a, a bad, disappointing year. I just don't see the upside in that. And I think they still believe in Santana. They've believed in him all season. And uh, historical precedent says that this is more of an outlier. Who knows? Maybe he's getting older and this is the norm now. We'll see. But either way, I would be really surprised if Santana's not here next season. Cesar Hernandez at second base. That's a much more interesting scenario. As earlier in the season, Cesar had kind of turned himself from someone who we didn't really consider a long-term piece to someone who 
maybe was making a case to be a part of this team for the longer term than we expected. I, I know that I definitely talked about underrating him a lot earlier this season, but obviously over the last month plus, he has not been nearly as effective as earlier in the season. He's dropped out of the leadoff spot finally on many nights for the first time in a while. So um, with Scott Kingery waiting in the wings, and I know that Gabe Kapler likes to say that Kingery's a shortstop now, but, and again, for what it's worth, I've been really impressed with Kingery's growth at shortstop. He's a much better defensive shortstop than he was when he first started playing the position, which obviously obvious, right? That makes sense, but it's really true. He's he's much more fluid out there, and, and his, the range is good, and he's got a good arm, so who knows, but I think the potential, at least, of Cesar being moved and Kingery going back to second base is on the table. Shortstop, an interesting position. I think if they sign Manny Machado, that's a potential opportunity where he plays short or he plays third. I don't know if that's going to happen. As I've said all along, I think they sign either him or Harper. Harper would be my first choice. I think there's just more upside in that guy. But um, there's also been another rumor floating around that we'll get to. But um, going around the diamond there, J.P. Crawford, an interesting name. I don't think the Phillies want to give up on him yet. I don't want to give up on him yet. He's 23 years old this season. That's really young, plagued by injuries. I think he deserves another chance. I don't think Estrubal Cabrera will be back next year. I think that was a a run type of move and uh, a one-year type of thing, a free agent at the end of the year. That would be my guess. Catcher, uh, or third base, excuse me, Michael Franco, who knows? Uh, sore wrist right now, not playing, but Franco has certainly been one of the Surprise players of the season in a positive way has had a really nice year. I don't know if um, I don't know if he's their long term plans, but I think he's earned the opportunity to come back again and, um, and get another shot. So that, that's an interesting one to look at as well, depending on if they sign Machado and where he'd want to play and where they'd want to play him. Uh, catcher Alfaro Ramos. Look, if they can get Ramos for a one year deal or something. Awesome. Obviously, the injuries are an issue, but you have Alfaro. I think that'd be a nice tandem as, um, you know, look, uh, whoever the backup catcher when Wilson Ramos is on the team is going to get to play more. So Ramos is never going to be a 140-game catcher, 150-game catcher anymore. So um, I think that's a nice kind of way to, to grow Alfaro. Either way, Alfaro will be here next year. You look to the outfield, obviously, Rees left field, I would say, yet again, but certainly an opportunity to move back to first base if things get weird. Then, uh, who knows, Carlos Santana could be your third base when you saw him flashing the glove last night. Uh, center field, oh, Dubal's a really interesting case. I, he's not going anywhere unless he gets traded. That contract is amazing. I think someone would bet on his talent. I think that's a really interesting decision. Personally, I'd like to see them work with him this offseason, a full offseason with Kapler and the coaching staff, and see if they can get his head right a little more because, as we all know, when he's on, he's great. And this has just been a rough season for him. And it started so well with the the on-base streak and playing great defense and making highlight plays, and then it's all just kind of spiraled down the hill. Roman Quinn, on the other hand, has done a really nice job filling in, and I think Quinn has earned himself the opportunity to at least be the fourth outfielder or worse next season, depending on what happens. Certainly an asset with his speed, the defensive ability, the opportunity to, if he can just get on base more, he could really be an even better player, a real asset. But look, Roman Quinn's had a nice year, and um, I, I don't know if he's a long-term piece or not, but I think he'll certainly get another chance here. Same with Nick Williams. Williams has certainly tailed off after a nice start to the season. 
But um, I think he's shown enough this year to have more opportunities. Again, this all depends. If they sign Bryce Harper, if maybe they trade for Mike Trout, which is the new rumor floating around that the Angels are going to move him. Shotei Otani is going to have to get Tommy John surgery, they said, or is suggested for it. So maybe not the asset they once thought this team could get something real prospects-wise for Mike Trout if they trade him before he's a free agent. It's interesting. I've always thought that Mike Trout will be here one day, whether it's be as a free agent or whatever. As we've seen, he's a a dude who um, doesn't care about the limelight, doesn't care about being in a particular market, doesn't care about this, care about that. He just likes to be happy. He likes to be comfortable. And he's a Philly guy. He wants to hang out with Carson Wentz. He wants to hang out with his buddy Zach Ertz. Be a part of the Philadelphia thing. I genuinely believe that. And look if the Phillies could put together a package to go get Mike Trout. Oh, my God. This city would burn in a good way. Burn with passion. Burn with love. Phillies love. Phillies fever, as they used to say. So um, it's going to be really interesting. Pitching staff, you know, you know, Noah's going to be back. Arietta will be back. And then uh, I think all the other guys have earned a chance to get another look here, depending on what moves they make in the offseason. Um, a lot of flexibility now. And then obviously a ton of minor league talent waiting in the wings. It's really, again, as we've talked about a lot, as I've harped on, it's a good time to be a Phillies fan. There's so much excitement in the air in the future. So much opportunity. A minor league staff, a minor league roster that is stacked with guys producing, even guys like Mickey Moniak and Cornelius Randolph, who we had kind of given up on are starting to turn it around a little bit. And then it's a major league roster that already has this kind of talent that has made strides this year, young talent, and then the flexibility from a financial perspective to do whatever the hell they want. Again, Jerry Krasnick put out the idea that they could sign both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. I mean, what? And obviously, I don't think that's going to happen, but just that that's even something that's hypothesized about is significant. John Middleton has made it clear he's opening up the checkbook. One of these guys, maybe it's Trout, maybe it's Harper, maybe it's Machado, maybe it's two of the three. Bring it. Because this Phillies team is ready to set it off the next few years. I really believe that. I believe that this organizational structure in place is something to be excited about. I think what Matt Klintag has done so far has been impressive. I don't get why people he has detractors. I mean, they've turned it around relatively quickly. It was a a tank situation for all intents and purposes. Very different from the NBA in tanking, but you know what I mean. Not not a real tank, but they, you know, it was a a strip it down and build it back up situation. They've done a great job of it. And then with Kapler and and then obviously McPhail and Middleton above them, I just feel good about it. I feel good about where they're at for the future. Again, I think this season might not end the way we want it to. But I think on the whole, uh, this organization is in an amazing, amazing, amazing position to move into the future. All right. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we will look at to the weekend. is again off day today as the Phillies head into the weekend to take on those New York Mets. In New York as Aaron Nola on the Friday, Zach up on Saturday, Vince Velasquez on Sunday. The Phillies move Nola up in the rotation and pitch Friday. They did the move, according to Todd Zalegi. He gives the 
opportunity for Nola to face the Braves twice in the final 11 games of the season, which is obviously what you want to do. You want Nola pitching in each of those series. That's crucial. That's everything. And if you want him to pitch early in that first Brave series, pitch in the Colorado series, and then pitch in the Atlanta series, that's how you line it up. So all for that move either way. It's a huge series. They all are now. And obviously they need to win a series. They're not going to the playoffs. They don't win a series. I think you can say that pretty confidently. So they need to win a series. And uh, and kind of exercising their demons against a Mets team that's played well against them this year is maybe – Hopefully, something that can set them on the right path either way. We'll be back to talk about it tomorrow after the off day today on Phillies Today. Until then, keep it here. We get covered all day long right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.